Hi, Steph Bastian here. A little note on this episode before you start listening. Because Russ showed us a few tricks on the iPad, this doesn't really translate in the audio format. So if you want to see what he's doing, you can uh, head to our YouTube channel, Steph Bastian, under Tattoo Tales Podcast, and you can watch this interview in video format so that you can see the things he's talking about. Now I'll leave you to the episode. I hope you enjoy. I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. A little, you know, running a little like a like a little rat in a cage, you know, when I do this project. <laughs> it's, it's like this right. one it has like 70 people. So you're like individually back and forth with everybody. And then, you know, sometimes I, it's a little. It's, it's quite a bit, I'm sure. Yeah. Did you, is it you that organized that Explorer thing or you participate in that? I just participate in it. It's organized by two brothers, uh, Jake and Jess Ferris. They own a studio called Studio 13 in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I think I heard this was like their ninth or 10th Explorer conference. There's going to be okay. two, maybe two or three a year, I think, ongoing. All right. Because that's, um, that must be another logistic uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. journey. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, what I organize is a bunch of tattoo artists to make sets for tattoo smart so mm, i can yeah, uh, yeah. i can relate to you uh you, in your, you can relate your right to that yeah. yeah yeah we've we've we found that um you know we we put on we put in all these um project management processes you know like we have developed like a whole structure to it now and once you you know can kind of like you've been through it a few times so you can start to see where the hiccups are and the hang-ups and you start to build like an ideal sort of, you know, pipeline or process from the first conversation all the way till the end. And, um, you find yeah. a way to, you know, sort of, you know, create systems and, um, and feedback loops to, to cut down on the amount of back and forth. Like, you know, you communicate more thoroughly from the very beginning, like there's everything that you need to know. And these are all of the problems and the questions that you're going to have. And here are the answers. And, you know, still people yeah. will are going to do what they're going to do. And they're going to make your life yeah. hell, but um, you know, you, you get better and better at dealing with it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you get like a blueprint, sort of. Huh? Right. Yeah, you start to see the same problems yeah. over and over again, yeah. and um, so you make a video to explain how to do something rather than getting on Zoom and explaining it individually. You know, things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And um, so you were saying that you got the. Um, you're expanding the speech shade kit and stuff like that, right? I think that, you know, I know that this type of product is like really interesting to people and it will continue to be And that, you know, the offerings and the, the range of, for example, different types of papers that could be um, prepared in advance and turned into these digital products is just never ending, right? Like it's, you know, currently, um, let me step away for a sec because I want to show you what mm -hmm. basically... They're just a bunch of um, arches paper that have been um, dry mounted. After we stained them, we actually took them over and um, had them dry mounted at the frame shop so that I could keep them totally flat because, of course, they wanted to be all like warped, mm -hmm. which made it um, difficult to get a clean photograph. So there's just page after page of coffee stained, tea stained, you know, even like weird stuff like this. Yep. 
you know, and, and we're letting um, letting just a bunch of randomness happen, creating using uh, like tape. You know, you can imagine yep. um, doing something like this. So there's 33 total papers there that are all essentially the same. You know, rough and medium texture watercolor paper from Arches. And once I have those set up these uh, lights in my studio and just really carefully photograph them, I ended up getting um, a, uh, a lens that's like super expensive, but works really well to capture all of that detail. And so the green and stuff, huh? Exactly. So yeah. I can show you on an iPad what that becomes. This is essentially yeah. what, you know, what ends up happening. You get this paper into the, into the iPad. And we have a special set of brushes that emulate watercolor brushes and spit shading. And you can use this kind of surface, but it's not just a surface. It's actually got some other stuff baked in there. So up here is these two additional layers that represent um, kind of the shine on the paper. Oops. This one here, it's kind of probably hard to tell on the screen, but once you have some paint oh, on I can, there. I can see you. If you had like, um, like if I put down some like black, I don't know, paint, just put something down here. Um, Got to make a new layer here. I'll go on to this layer here. So this is a brush that sort of like quickly emulates the water on um, the paint, like bleeding into a watery paper. Yeah. But once you have some black down, you toggle on and off you can see how this glare kind of comes back and it's as if you've got black on a paper and it's a little shiny and there's light on in the room that's reflecting off of it so this layer helps to kind of create a little bit more of the depth of the shadows and of course these can be adjusted you know completely to dial in the look that you want like this one for instance um unlock it you can raise its opacity and kind of create like a, a higher level of stain. Yeah. So that's what's happening here. It's basically just all of these layers set up in advance for you along with a color palette that you can select from. Yeah. Just to get like specific colors. And these colors are taken directly that, from watercolor I, I paint. I have the I have the speed shake kit. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Because you have all these like black here, lines here, white there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The only reason yeah. we have these is to help people that don't understand about layer modes, because a lot of these layer modes are set to darken rather than normal. Yeah. And yeah, it helps to up. make the uh, the color kind of sit in the paper instead of sitting on top. Mm. But that's that's what that is. So, I mean, it's it's possible to imagine more papers, right? Like where, you know, there might be some point in the future where we were to work with you and you create a bunch of papers, um, you know, maybe even a brush set could, could happen if we were to like try to replicate specific tools that you use. For example, talking about this, right? When it comes to, at least now, because you know, every, every, every few years or whatever, you get a different step and then you're in a different phase and you do things in a different style. But at, at least where I'm at the moment, Mm -hmm. One of the things, I'm going to send you a message via WhatsApp so you can see it. Um, one of the things that I enjoy the most, apart from the actual painting, is preparing the paper. Because um, the way I prepare it, 
basically it gives it if you could see in real life it gives it like a, a textural effect on the paper itself and when you mm -hmm. see the paper that some people ask me if it's leather you know right. and i'm going to show yeah. you some i'm going to show you some close-ups and okay. so it's almost like to me you know this this at least for my own taste and it's almost like an artwork in itself because when you look inside clothes you you can see some layering and uh, mm -hmm. it looks like a like like salt or scales. Mm -hmm. This is just because of the way, just because of the way the ink sits on the paper when I prepare it and the timing and all of that. You know, mm -hmm. the way it dries. Are you are you using salt at all? No. Sometimes. Okay. No, no, no. Because salt, yeah, the thing like salt a... is that it looks like scales of salt, but it's not salt. The mm -hmm. thing is that uh, with salt, you know, the thing is that you get very marked texture meaning that the salt absorb, depending what salt you use, how you use it, but you absorb the water in a way that it creates very marked stains. So you have very mm -hmm. strong decoloration, almost like dots and stuff, you know? That, that's why they right. use it sometimes to do like stars, eyes effect or mm -hmm. something, something, you know? Right. But uh, this is just because I, I layer it up and then basically the way it sits on the paper for how long and then it keeps moving, then it creates this by recessing those po like pools of ink by mm -hmm. drying and then they recess. I think they leave this little mark and a mark and a mark and a mark and then you have this white thing that look like salt or something, you know? They have that element of randomness because I know how to do it, but then you always have like, okay, I don't know exactly how it's gonna come out, you know? So it's not something that yeah. you do. It's almost like abstract, abstract painting or something, you know? You know what else is nice about this is this, um, the edge on this paper, mm. you know, it's just got that, it's got that uh, what do they call it? Deckled edge, where the it's a natural edge on the paper. Uh, yeah, you mean the 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 way the paper is ripped. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it's sheets. So I buy mm -hmm. sometimes I buy sheets, and they are they mm -hmm. like the people at Arches cut them like that, and it has this nice yeah. uh, edge, you know. But let me ask you a more general question, right? Sure. Because the thing is, uh, first of all, I wanted to ask you how um, how it is with the feedback that you get from the tattoo world. And what I mean is, especially when you do things that are more traditional oriented, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you have, you've been doing this long enough, so you know how it is, right? So sometimes I had myself a little trouble with the most purists that they think, you know, the thing should be done in a certain way, la, 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 la. So how is their um, perception of it, like you, you receive death threats every day, or kind of like they open up a little more. <laughs> I guess there is a bit of everything in between. And the other yeah. question would be, you know, the thing I I, I write a lot on on my Instagram profile about things, you know. Mm -hmm. And then uh, once, for example, I wrote a little blog that I call uh, like a procreate or no procreate or something like that, you know. And basically, the whole point is uh, just a reflection, which was indirectly directed to these people that say, oh, fuck the iPad, da 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 da, da. And uh, the idea is that the way I see it, you know, the iPad is a tool, it's progress. It's the same thing from when you, when people were doing stencil by hands and then the stencil machine came by. It's the same thing, you know? Uh, and talking with people that have been doing traditional that interview for the podcast, like either like Chad Koplinger, Andreas Cohn, and, you know, they all say the same where it's innovation within tradition, which I really like this concept, you know? So I think that I love the traditional techniques and the, because I love the, the physicality of it, right? But I use the iPad a lot. Uh, and I don't think that those are mutually exclusive because sometimes some people see them as uh, yin and yang, you know? 
but I don't think they're mutually exclusive. What I explain sometimes to these angry people is like, dude, that's just one more tool. It's not the tool. You know, it's one more tool. You got this, that, and then depending what you're doing, you use this and use that, you know? And uh, so the idea was, you know, the, the thing was how, apart from the business and stuff that you have, you know, what's your idea? Or where do you want to go ideally in the future with this in relation to the tattoo world? You know, like what, uh, you know, what would be the thing that, that you think, oh, I want to bring this to push things a bit further, which you already did because, you know, with all those brushes, I have them myself. I had like a bunch of your packages, you know, and, mm -hmm. and they're very good to try things without committing and you get new ideas that you didn't think about before. How, how do you say this? I don't know if this question is a bit all over the place, but just to kind of... I feel like it's big picture. I mean, it's like, hey, what, what has been your experience of blowback, right? I think you, you wanted to know. And you know, I think early on, it was, you know, 2016 when I founded Tattoo Smart, when I was putting out images of um, the snake scale brush that I made for Clip Studio. And the response to that was, first, it was a big response, whether it was positive or negative, it was just a big response, right? And it was something that you know, was, was kind of polarizing for people because on the one hand, there's people like me who were very interested in what technology could do to bring tattooing forward. Right. And um, then there was, of course, people that were nervous or scared about what tattooing would become if this technology existed. And, and, and I've heard these arguments and I've had these arguments many times, what it really comes down to is is this progression, is this technology going to take your job away? Is it going to make you irrelevant? And, and frankly, if you let it, then it could, you know, it's, it's not going to though, because everyone has the opportunity to keep progressing and keep, you know, finding a way to, well, let me back up a little bit because it's totally possible that in the future, probably already people are starting to make a career out of not using the technology. It's like, look at like, say the sign painting field where, you mm, know, their yeah, entire yeah. business was disrupted by this technology of vinyl plotting machines that were cutting letters out of vinyl instead. So now a sign painter didn't have to make all those like real estate for sale signs anymore. And in a lot of ways, their entire industry was disrupted. People went out of business or they adapted and they got used to um, using the new technology and now there's this resurgence where there's people who are old school sign painters and there's no shortage of work for them because there's people like me who want to have them out to decorate our entire tattoo shop. So it's like, you know, I, I think what ends up happening is technology happens. We don't stop it. There's no way we can stop it. It can disrupt a particular way of doing things. But in this case, what I think this technology does for tattoo artists is it gives us a faster way to do things that were somewhat monotonous and not really particularly interesting. And then it gives us more time to spend on the things that are interesting. So my argument would be if there is a tool that does a particular thing well, then use that tool and take that time that you save and do something that you're more interested to do at that time. That's what, that's what I always say. I have some friends that are just getting into the iPad now, let's say. And then sometimes I'm like, look, you, they have like a, the latest iPad, they got Procreate, they have the whole shebang, but mm -hmm. you have that barrier of that resistance that is simply just because you've done things in a certain way for a long time, then it's hard to overcome that resistance, right? It's momentum. And right. what I always, 
I try to make an argument, like you said, exactly the same thing and be like, look, it's not that this has to substitute completely your paintings, but sometimes some stuff is very time consuming. Let's say just the perfect example, I think, is to make stencils, which Procreate is, you know, it's perfect, you know? And I mm -hmm. see people, sometimes they still do stencil with the, you know, the white eraser thing and then cut it mm -hmm. and then put a tape and photocopy and another tape. I'm like, dude, you know, this is, you're not learning anything from this. You could spend that half an hour studying drawing or something or looking at paintings right. or, or painting, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah, it's the same thing. My and, argument um, is yeah. that people should, you know, in the past, we would have just done a line drawing. We would have put all of our effort into getting to this final line drawing, making a stencil and doing the tattoo. Now with this time that you can save using the iPad to make your line drawing, you can do a color study. And we have ways to do color studies really, really quickly too. And it doesn't have to be like a complete painting. It can just be a quick idea of what you're going to do. And then if your client doesn't like the colors, it's super easy to change them really fast. So the customer gets a better experience. They get to actually see what you're going to tattoo before you even start. And you get to see it too. So you don't have to figure it out on the skin. And uh, in a lot of cases, that makes all the difference in the world for the quality that someone's able to do. Yeah, I agree. I think, like I was telling you, I think that those are not mutually exclusive. And then perhaps, mm -hmm. um, you know, that can improve your actual other side of painting, you know? And then, for example, with this project I'm doing now, which is about flashes, right? It's about, mm -hmm. uh, let's say, celebrating and... Uh, uh, putting the spotlight again a little bit on the flesh simply because sometimes you know it's not one size fits all but sometimes especially the younger generation they don't understand why it's cool to get something that's already designed on a wall rather than mm -hmm. something custom which we could talk about that too but you know and this is more like look it's dope some of the best tattoos are you take them from a wall the person is going to put their own spin and it's great so that's why i'm having all these people mm -hmm. tattooing these classic flashes but you see now more, more and more people uh, still doing flashes the traditional way, but then a lot of people doing flashes digitally and doing paintings digitally. And the cool thing is that it brings a little bit to some people, like a fresh wave of energy. And maybe they were a little tired of, you know, a little stagnant, if that's the word. And then with the iPad now, they, they had this new energy. So I'm like, whatever it is that give you the new input, you know, it's good. As long as it makes you create, then if it's done with paper, with, with whatever, airbrush or this and that, right? So I think that they're not mutually exclusive, like, like I was saying, it's something that can, it's a great implement. No? Well, I think that there, I, I personally have a huge barrier to sitting down and making something physical. Like I feel like when I sit down for that, it's going to like haunt me for the rest of my life. Right. Like, and so this is like the other side of the argument. So like, what if I'm, if I only work digitally, then I won't have anything left over. I won't have anything to give to a friend or sell or to just pass down through the years. And that's absolutely true. But because that's the case, doesn't it take away a little bit of the anxiety that you might feel to just sit down and create? So, you know, I see a lot of people using the iPad to prepare, you know, to, to make the line drawings for a flash sheet. For example, you can lay the sheet out and, and really be careful about the placement and size of each design. And then ultimately when you're ready, you can print those out and trace it on the paper and do the painting. So I think it's, it's, um, it's just kind of taking away a little bit of the, um, the anxiety that people feel about making the physical thing and giving people that need that a chance to sort of work it out um, before they do it. You know what I've seen? I have a friend of mine, very, very accomplished tattooer, very good. And sometimes he does his paintings where he has this very good apps on printer, like something that you used to make 
uh, art prints, you know, you can sell and mm-hmm. stuff. So you can use Archer's paper on that and blah, blah, blah. So sometimes it does either the lines mm-hmm. on the Procreate and you use a brush to make them look like very natural and he prints mm-hmm. them and then he paint it, which line, because lining is the worst part when you have to, you know, paint such a pain in the ass mm-hmm. or even prints like a base, you know, like let's say the outline in a soft skin tone or something and that paints in mm-hmm. top. You know, yeah. I'm like, this is so cool because it saves him a lot of time doing certain things. Like, let's say an area solid black or something, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. he paints in top. So now it's like, okay, now you have this hybrid, which usually mm-hmm. nobody knows that it's done that way. Nobody, you know, because right. they all think. But it's this hybrid. I'm like, oh, this is very smart, you know? A lot more people do that than you know, you know, because they, they'll hide it because they just don't want people to think less of it. They don't want you to think yeah. it's not real art. But yeah, I definitely know a lot of people that are printing like a faint version of their line drawing, or even in some cases, printing the entire line drawing and then painting everything in. So yeah, yeah, I I think it's just not popular to talk about it. And it's the same way with using stamp brushes, you know, like people who are using our flash stamp brushes in Procreate are lots of people are using them. But what we don't see is a lot of people showing that they're using them. And I I think it has something to do with, um, you know, just, just feeling like, you know, they're revealing too much of the process that takes away the magic. And there's a lot of examples of that. I mean, isn't that in a way what, what kind of killed flash in the first place? If we think about it, there was a time where, well, there was, you know, there was a time where flash was the way, you know, that tattoo artists operated, um, you know, it was helping them be more efficient. Customers could come in and, and see, what they were going to get on the wall and customers could know exactly what it was going to be and, and feel comfortable with what they were going to get. And artists could learn from that. You know, if you were a new tattoo artist, you would kind of cut your teeth doing flash designs that were created by people who, you know, had more experience than you in tattooing. And then over time, I'm not sure exactly, you know, when this shift started to happen, but there were a lot of tattoo artists who started to say, Hey, wait, we're more than just copy machines. We can create our own designs. And this wave of custom tattooing sort of took over everything through the nineties and the two thousands. And in somewhere along the way, shops started pulling the flash down off the walls and customers started telling other people, Hey, if you ever get a tattoo, make sure you don't pick something off the wall because you want a completely new and original tattoo that no one else has. And the same tattoo artists that were trying to sort of like elevate tattooing above that level were telling people that as well. So they start to pull the flash down off the walls. And one of the things that I noticed in my shop, we had flash, but our customers and our artists were so conditioned to not pay attention to it. It was almost like it has become sort of a decoration that you have to make it look like a tattoo shop, but it's not a functional tool that's being used in a lot of tattoo shops. I don't know if you've noticed that in your travels, but I think it probably takes a tattoo shop to really specifically say we're a flash shop and to point people to look at that flash every single time and and let them know that it's okay. You don't have to have a completely new original design. Sometimes the best designs have already been drawn and there's not a better way to draw it. And and through that time where we were telling everybody and every artist was coming in and and being told you have to come up with a new way to do every single thing. We got a lot of weird designs out of that. We got a lot of really weird stuff. And um, so I think in a way the, the pendulum has swung the other way and people are starting to see that 
you know, there was some great magic in those, in those designs and you don't always have to completely reinvent the wheel. So I think that yeah. this project you're doing, you know, has an opportunity to, you know, kind of celebrate flash in not only in the, in the vintage old timey aesthetic, but to allow, you know, people that are currently looking at tattooing for the first time to think of, you know, flash continuing. And that that's really where, you know, tattoo smart has been putting in a lot of work to grab all of these designs from tattooers in every style and bring them into this digital format where you can quickly access the designs and you can see very quickly what that design would look like on top of a photo of your skin or on top of a 3d model. And so it really is like a new modern version of flash and it's all inside the iPad, which means it's accessible and you can quickly get to a concept. You can cycle through lots of different ideas just in your own mind when you're the artist trying to figure out what to do, but even when you're with a customer and you're trying to show them all the ideas. So I'm really excited about that. And I, I don't know if, um, if every tattoo artist out there is really aware that this is happening, but we've got a really huge catalog going now and it's not stopping. There are artists from all over the world that are contributing yeah, it's growing. I've seen it growing because I remember when this started. Because I, it's like the Instagram. You know, I I've seen things like this starting. Now it sounds like I'm super old or something. You know, but, you, know you know, I'm 41. But I've seen you know like, like your company stuff and the Procreate starting. I remember the first thing I was like, "What is that?" Because I always wanted, I wanted for a long time like a graphic tablet kind of thing. You know, because I saw some friends that were doing certain things. I'm like, "Oh, that would simplify things a lot." But I couldn't afford it because if you wanted a decent one with the characteristic that you wanted, uh, there wasn't a thing. And then the iPad fused both, meaning like accessible, easy to right. use, and portable. And you don't need like a computer and a screen and, and you know, just everything there. So I'm like, bam. And I've seen your company, you know, and I remember the first you had like just a few kids and now it's like huge, you know. And uh, yeah. I mean, it's been like one a just, week for the past few years. There's been one That's new crazy. product almost every week. So it's, it's grown quite a bit. And, um, you know, like it's, if you look at my iPad, it's, um, just full. Let's see if you can see it. All right. So these, well, okay. Like brushes that come with procreate they're down here. I'm almost there. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, right around here, you start to get to where, you know, tattoo smart sets start and it's all of these. So each one of these is a, is a different set. Yeah. Let me ask you, because obviously, you know, you can't, it's hard to say this, but off the top of your head, do you have any particular one, which doesn't mean is the best, just, you know, that is your favorite or that blew your mind is like, oh, that was a very good idea or like, oh, this person made this thing. It was incredible. Do you have any favorites? Yeah, let me think. I mean, it's not it's not actually out yet, but we have a dragon kit coming out with yeah. um, Bill Canales. A dragon kit coming out with Bill Canales oh, yeah. that you know, nice. for me, dragons are you know one of my favorite images, but they're just so so hard. There's so um, much going on in there. Yeah, yeah, you know, so so Bill created a set where you have all right. So you've got complete dragons, right? 
like stuff mm-hmm. like that. And these were designed, you know, with the idea of a back piece or a sleeve in mind, I think. But then you get down and you have, so there's 20 of those, but then you have heads. And the way we arranged them, you have, you know, head, front claws, potentially, and a little bit of neck. Mm. And then you have another section that are going to have head, front claws, and way more body. You know, you know what the next level of this would be, but I don't, I don't, I, don't, I, mean, I think it's another technology. It's like a, something completely different, but you know what the next level of this would be? What's that? 3D? Interactive. Yeah. 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 You so know, th- I mean, like, th- we're getting there. We're, that's where we're headed, you know? So, mm-hmm. but with this kit, you can, you can kind of start with, um, where on the body you want to put it. And this is where we're headed though. This is, so now procreate allows 3d models to import. And so these are our 3d models that we're All currently right. developing. Okay. So with this, oh, it's got a little something still on it. Get rid of that. Okay. So yeah, with this, you can draw directly on. But this doesn't, I mean, yet, of course, but this doesn't rotate with the 3D models, right? Yeah. Sure it does. Yeah. Yeah, this is much. So, all right. So it's kind of crazy the way this works, but yeah, it's acting like a projector. So if I'm here and I want to put a back piece on this guy, kind of mess around with the size a little bit mm-hmm. and you can get it kind of, you could of course draw this, you could sketch it on then you can right. move it and you've got these um, advanced tools here okay. that allow you to mess with it. Right. And then there's this other feature where you can switch to the 2d texture. And now you can see with this whole entire guy, this is this entire body unwrapped. And wow. so some of the parts are just kind of mixed up, right? That's a little bit of leg or butt cheek, inner thigh, something like that. That's his back. Um, so you can sort of figure out where things are and you can apply the drawing to it this way. Right. And once, mm-hmm. since you can do it this way, you can, you can go both ways, right? So you can get back and eventually, um, you can print your stencil out, right? Or you could design on the 3D model and just get your shapes and then you can bring it back to this world and then you can, um, you know, figure out what your stencil looks like. So here's an example of it on an arm. And one of the things you can do is just kind of quickly go and sketch the um, reference points. Like you might, you know, before taking a body map off of someone that you're going to tattoo, mm-hmm. you can switch to this 2D mode. And now you can see those same reference points expressed here. And you can do your design on top of here and then take it away and just have your stencil ready, ready that, to print out. That is like the, that is like the, you know, the digital version of the tracing paper when you do a sleeve. And you need to have exactly. all everything marked, which has always been such a pain in the ass. But you know, if you if, right. once you get it, you know. But it takes a while to really. I, I used to work with a guy that is so good at that, you know. Like, and mm-hmm. when he puts it on, it's just like perfect. But 
Right. That's not easy, man. So I think that tool right there is super valuable. The, the 2D version of it, and then you extrapolate the design. It's crazy, man. Right. I think that's yeah. going to be very, very uh, the next level. Man. Yeah, this is what we're super excited about this year. And, um, you know, we've been developing these with some 3D art or 3D design specialist, um, getting to a place where we have kind of maxed out the capabilities of Procreate for these 3D models. I mean, they the underwear can be toggled on and off and um, you can change the skin tone. So, you know, I think the downside is that the resolution on these models is sort of capped. It's um, depending on mm. which iPad you have, you might not be able to have as many layers. Um, I have the newest M1 chip iPad, so I can get about 30 layers on these models, but I've seen people with older iPads where they can only add two or three layers and Procreate mm -hmm. just says, Hey, you're done no more. So, but you can, um, you can output these, uh, rotating, um, animations of the model too, after you put your art on it. So you could send, you could use that animation on your social media, or you could send it to your client. Um, and they can even do like an AR visualization where they, you know, take their iOS device and load the file up and it will project it into the room you're in. And then you can walk around the model and see the tattoo design from all different angles. And this is all just, you know, it's exactly the, you know, the first 3d model release from procreate. So what's going to be next, you know, it'll be, we'll have a library of every, um, popular tattoo motif made into 3d models. We'll start to see a lot more tattoo artists learning to sculpt. There's, um, you know, some incredibly great sculpting tools that I know tattoo artists are starting to learn. So, so we're going to see, um, just, you know, the, the, iter the next evolution of, you know, making flash and, and, and going door to door and selling it at tattoo shops has become making brush sets and selling them for iPads. And then after that, it's making 3d models and selling those to other tattoo artists or giving them away or just, you know, you know, where does this end up? Um, I think it ends up very soon where, we're scanning our clients, you know, there's, we're not far away from where our smartphones will be able to make really good to scale 3d models. And, you know, hopefully there'll be, you know, easier methods to get those 3d models into our iPads or wherever we're going to be working with them. And we can start designing tattoos on, you know, to scale 3d models of our customers. And so this is my answer to your question. Where is it all going? You know, for me, I want to see it get to a place where as many of the problems that I ever had designing tattoos that can be solved by technology are getting solved because for me, that's where the next evolution comes from. That's, you know, I'm, I'm just excited within the, the scope of my life to, to see where it goes. And, you know, Absolutely. you've been tattooing long enough to where you've already seen it go so far. And I just want to see how much farther it will go. And, I want to support other tattooists in, uh, in their side hustle as well. Like as we age, I want to see, um, you know, less people relying on GoFundMe to take care of them when they get hurt and to start relying on their, you know, sound business and financial decisions. So that's another big focus of mine is just, you know, trying to teach artists about, you know, how to, how to be better at business, you know, how to, how to think about their pricing and their marketing and their positioning and, all the things that they're doing to uh, to set themselves up for a great you know career and longevity. Yeah, because I saw a post that you did. I mean, you did a few, but I saw a post that you did. It was very interesting talking about stuff like this. And this is mm -hmm. where do you want to bring this in terms of platform? Right? Is this going to be a, because it, it's kind of like its own thing? 
it's kind of like beyond, you know, the artistic uh, problem solving, right? So mm -hmm. are you gonna, do you have like a separate platform or something or it's a, it's a separate project or it's just something they have on the side or it's going to be part of Tattoo Smarter, different? Mm. What do you think is going to, is going to be this? Um, well, it, yeah, it's been, it's been a little bit of like a broadening of Tattoo Smart's positioning, if you will. Like, you know, we're, when I first started it, I was thinking, all right, I, I want a brand that can allow for expansion over time, right? Like, you know, Tattoo Smart seems like a name that could, could sit above, you know, a lot of different ideas, right? And for just, you know, um, trying to, it, it eventually became specifically about how we apply technology to tattoo design. But I've become interested in expanding that lately into how we think about tattooing as a whole, right? And I want to, uh, at least personally, like my my personal mission right now is is evolving to include new things that I'm inspired to do. So, you know, through my my role as the CEO of Tattoo Smart, I've just encountered um, a lot of challenges that. I don't think most tattoo artists or studio owners ever face. And in those challenges, I've met other people from outside of tattooing who were, you know, brilliant in their particular experience and expertise. And so I've started to see these, um, these opportunities to get ideas from outside of tattooing, um, larger creative industries, for example, like advertising and design, um, that have already, you know, grown much larger than we are and have, have, have had, you know, just a, a bigger concentration of, of people trying to figure out how to make them work as businesses. So it's actually, you know, really exciting when you see, you know, something from some other, um, some other vertical that is solving a problem that we have in tattooing. And so, you know, for me, that has led to, um, you know, reading a number of amazing books and take a few amazing courses and connect with some incredible consultants that have, have all sort of like helped me to see uh, a greater um, vision for Tattoo Smart and for myself. So that was a long way of saying that, like, I'm just broadening Tattoo Smart to include business, um, you know, business training and business uh, coaching and these types yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah. So, so my Explorer seminar was kind of my first, you know, big sort of, um, step in that direction. And it was an hour and a half long talk about marketing positioning and pricing tattoos. And, um, it's on the heels of this most recent survey we just did where we got like 4,000 tattoo artists to tell us what they charge per hour. And yeah, I did that. I said um, well, yeah. oh, thank you. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, we're, what we're going to do, I mean, the, the intention here is to just, you know, give tattoo artists a resource to consider, you know, whether they have priced themselves correctly. And, um, and we talk about inflation a lot these days because inflation has, has really risen, um, over 2021, it went up seven and a half, roughly 8%, which is, uh, up from its usual two to 3% climb. So we're just talking right now about how, you know, actually think if you haven't raised your prices in a while, if you just want to stay even with inflation, I think you need to raise your prices 10% like today, just across the board. I, I'm advising artists to just take their pricing up 10%. And I think if it's been quite a while since you raised your prices, then you probably have a lot more inflation to catch up with than that's going to yeah. cover. So 
So, um, it's a, it's a hard conversation, you know, and it mostly comes down to artists just having like a lot of crazy feelings about money. Um, we're just not comfortable even talking about it. And, um, so I've been challenging people and having those conversations and trying to figure out a way to, um, you know, sort of strip all of this down into something that's really easy and accessible, um, so that we don't end up with a lot of people in a really bad spot. Yeah. It's a, it's a, you know, it's something that we could have a whole conversation only about this because, you know, <laughs> you, it, it involves like a, a way of tattooing, you know, the way it has always been and kind of like, you know, gatekeeping and these and that and like, and then uh, <laughs> it involves a lot of things, it involves like a self, self-worth, you know, issue sometimes for certain people. That's why you have problem charging a certain amount and right. it's all another conversation, you know, but um. Uh, it sounds great. It sounds great because I, in in the in a smaller version, that's what I try to do as well with with my my reach, whatever I have, my limited reach, you know, and to yeah. kind of help people understand that sometimes certain limits are only in the head first of all, and then in the way that people have doing been doing things and they don't know that they can do it better, you know, because like you said, you bring things from other fields and implement. It's the same thing. Like I have one hour specifically. I talk about mindset in the. I teach like a watercolor painting seminars and I have mm-hmm. one hour only for that, only for mindset, you know, and people, right. I see how beneficial they find it because often the limitation goes beyond just means and techniques and, and knowledge and contacts. And it's like all starting here, you know? So it's super yeah, interesting to, to build, uh, to channel that into something practical, you know? Yeah, totally. And, and so we're coming out with a online community. Um, the idea here is that the Tattoo Smart community will be a subscription, like a, a paid membership community. I don't really know exactly um, what it will become because what we want to do is invite a small group as beta members and, and just let the group itself kind of decide what the community will be. But if we're successful, then we'll have a place that artists can come to access you know, information shared by each other, but also you know, it, it'll be like a repository of you know, links to great books and great courses and, you know, in- including, you know, access to things that we create along the way, you know, access to essentially um, sort of like a mastermind, if you will, a think tank, um, we, you know, where people that are, you know, progressive in their thoughts about tattooing will show up to, to have these conversations. Um, so, so that's all coming soon. I hope you'll be a part of it. I think that, you know, it's, it's a place where, in, at least in the way I imagine it, it's a place where someone like you would want to show up, right? Because you would be able to have conversations with people that are, you know, ready to have those conversations and excited to interact. And, you know, they're, yeah, they're definitely, also going definitely. to go out and be leaders themselves, you know, and, uh, and, and take this, these ideas out to their audience and we'll get to see, you know, our impact spread. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, I, I hope this doesn't, I mean, I, I'm sure that to the right years, this is not going to sound pretentious. And I, I'm sure you understand, like the way I try to, I try, you know, to lead the do the things that I do is to follow two principles that had to, it's like yin and yang, they had to coexist, which is fulfillment and impact, right? Meaning that you need to have your own satisfaction that can be artistic, business-wise, whatever, whatever. But then it's like, okay, what do you contribute with? And that can be, not necessarily you need to make the next Mona Lisa, but even like like you said, you know, you share something you found valuable and then inspire the next person or that in that moment maybe needed it. And, you know, so then you create this networking of 
we have to come back to this meme because I had a, I had some ideas of creating this like worldwide network of creatives and mm-hmm. people that are like minded from different fields. You can even have like architects or whatever, you know. And then it's a way that you create this network that can inspire, support, educate, and you know. But it's it's one of the ideas. Mm-hmm. My shower ideas have millions, you know. But definitely, yeah, I would love to be part of yeah. it. Absolutely, awesome. Yeah, it's um. You know, it's it's never going to be intended to be the only place like this either, you know, because, you know, it, what I imagine happening is, you know, maybe I don't even know if this is the first community of its kind in tattooing, but it's not the first community of its kind, right? There's, there's plenty of great online communities. I'm a part of a few that bring in creatives and give them the tools to, you know, do better in their work. And, you know, this is just a niche version of something that, you know, I've seen exist um, to a broader audience before and, um, you know, but it's going to be on a, on a platform that's owned. So it won't be like a Facebook group where Zuckerberg can come and steal all your data. Um, yeah, but it yeah, will yeah. be a place where, you know, there's a code of contact and co- conduct and, you know, you have to, you have to be nice in there. You know, yeah, it's not going to yeah. be a place for, for the trolling and the, um, you know, the, the, the type of like behavior that, that makes some of those Facebook groups so terrible. So, yeah, even Instagram, sometimes you see that. Where where could people find you and where could people know more about this? Where can people reach you out, you know, reach out to you and stuff like that? Um, I think the the number one place to learn more about what I'm doing is tattoosmart.com. Um, of course, I have my tattoo studio, Ink and Dagger, in Roswell, Georgia. And you can see the studio at inkanddagger.com. On Instagram, I'm at Russ Abbott and at tattoosmart and at inkanddaggertattoo. That's a lot. Awesome. All right. Um. Well, man, I, I really appreciate you um, connecting with me today and I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for making the time. And uh, I told you, I think uh, for certain things, you are quite like-minded. So I'm sure that we'll have more more chats about, about good stuff. Cool. I hope we do. Awesome. Thank All you right. so much, bro. See you later. All right. Bye.